Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. All these things we strive for and work for and hope for and pray for, we already have those things because Jesus gave it all to us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I am continuing a series that I've entitled, Observing All Things. And this is based on Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, where Jesus said we are supposed to teach people who accept Him to observe all things that He commanded us. And one of the problems we have in the body of Christ is we've been making converts and we've only told them about heaven and hell. We haven't told them what the Word of God has to say about practical everyday things. Or you could say we haven't taught them to observe all things. And because of it, our society is just drifting away from any basis in reality and morality because the church has been silent on a lot of these things. So, at great personal risk, uh, criticism, and all of those kind of things, I've just really felt impressed of the Lord that I need to speak out on some of these issues that the church has been silent on for whatever reason. And so yesterday I started talking about creationism versus evolution. And a lot of people think, well, that's not important. doesn't matter how it happened. It does matter because the Bible says some things that are so specific that it eliminates the possibility of evolution. And if a person, if a Christian just says, it doesn't matter whether it took millions of years or if it was six literal days, what does it matter? It, it speaks to the integrity of the Word. And if people just sit there and don't uh, stand up for what the Word of God says and then People are raised in a society where evolution is taught, creationism is made fun of and ridiculed, and they're, you know, they come out against that. You can't teach that, but you can teach something that is a theory that has never been proved. And uh, if you don't stand up for this, well, then it undercuts the authority of the Word of God. You know, I heard a statement by David Barton that I forget the exact figure, but I think it was 73 to 80 percent of all Christian young people lose their faith in the first year of college and primarily because of teaching on evolution that just makes the Word of God look like it is totally inaccurate and it doesn't apply to us today. And that is not true. Yesterday I mentioned Romans chapter 6 verse 23 that the wages of sin is death. And evolution uh, has to have death for millions of years before Adam and Eve came along. And that violates what the Scripture says. There was death. And, you know, all of the mineral deposits, all of the fossil records that they talk about, all of the oil that was quote-unquote deposited over millions of years and all of this stuff, it had to depend upon death of plant and animal life. And yet the Bible says that sin is what produced death. There wasn't death prior to Adam and Eve's sin. So that's a big deal. And we showed Dr. Grady McMurtry yesterday. Yesterday I also mentioned, let me just go back and read this again. This needs to be repeated. But in Genesis uh, chapter 1, in verse 21, it says, God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly, 
AFTER THEIR KIND. NOTICE THAT. AND EVERY WINGED FOWL AFTER HIS KIND. AND GOD SAW THAT IT WAS GOOD. AND GOD BLESSED THEM, SAYING, BE FRUITFUL AND MULTIPLY AND FILL THE WATERS IN THE SEAS AND LET FOWL MULTIPLY IN THE EARTH. AND THE EVENING AND THE MORNING WERE THE FIFTH DAY. AND GOD SAID, LET THE EARTH BRING FORTH THE LIVING CREATURE AFTER HIS KIND, CATTLE AND CREEPING THING, AND BEAST OF THE EARTH AFTER HIS KIND. AND IT WAS SO. AND GOD MADE THE BEAST OF THE EARTH AFTER HIS KIND, AND CATTLE AFTER THEIR KIND, AND EVERYTHING THAT CREEPETH UPON THE EARTH AFTER HIS KIND. AND GOD SAW THAT IT WAS GOOD. SO THAT IS SIX TIMES IN ABOUT THREE OR FOUR VERSES THAT IT SPECIFICALLY EMPHASIZES THAT EVERY ANIMAL IS AFTER HIS KIND. WHAT THIS IS REFERRING TO IS THAT, YOU KNOW, DOGS AND CATS ARE DIFFERENT. HORSES ARE DIFFERENT FROM GIRAFFE. ANIMALS DON'T BECOME OTHER ANIMALS. YOU CAN BREED WITHIN A SPECIES, BUT YOU CAN'T CROSS SPECIES. AND THAT'S WHAT THE BIBLE RECORD IS SAYING. EVOLUTION IS ABSOLUTELY DEPENDENT UPON CHANGING FROM ONE SPECIES TO ANOTHER, FROM AN APE TO A MAN. THAT IS COMPLETELY AGAINST WHAT THE WORD OF GOD SAYS. EVOLUTION CANNOT STAND UP TO THE uh, EXAMINATION OF THE WORD OF GOD. AND I KNOW MANY OF YOU ARE THINKING, WELL, YOU AREN'T QUALIFIED TO SAY THAT. WELL, LET ME GIVE YOU SOMEBODY WHO IS. AMEN. THERE'S A FRIEND OF MINE, DR. CARL BALL, AND I WENT TO HIS CREATION EVIDENCE MUSEUM IN GLEN ROSE, TEXAS A COUPLE OF YEARS AGO, AND HE WAS TALKING ABOUT THIS VERY THING, ABOUT THE SPECIES. SO I WOULD LIKE TO JUST REFER TO HIM RIGHT NOW. HE'S GOT DEGREES, AND HE'S GOING TO PRESENT THESE THINGS FROM A MORE INTELLECTUAL, SCIENTIFIC VIEWPOINT THAN I AM, BUT IT FITS PERFECTLY WITH THE SCRIPTURES THAT I'VE PRESENTED. TODAY, WE ARE AT THE CREATION EVIDENCE MUSEUM IN GLEN ROSE, TEXAS, AND THIS IS DR. CARL BALL THAT I'VE GOT WITH ME. AND BROTHER, I JUST WANT TO THANK YOU SO Andrew, MUCH FOR LETTING US WELCOME. Come. WELCOME TO THE CREATION EVIDENCE MUSEUM. THAT'S AWESOME. I COULD HARDLY WAIT FOR YOU TO GET HERE, AND YOU NAMED IT RIGHT. Uh, IN FACT, I FELT MOVED OF THE LORD TO, uh, to COIN THAT NAME, CREATION EVIDENCE, BECAUSE WE HAVE ACTUAL mm -hmm. EVIDENCE SUPPORTING THE BIBLE THAT YOU AND I BELIEVE. AND I THINK THAT THIS IS JUST ESSENTIAL, CARL, BECAUSE IF PEOPLE BELIEVE THAT ALL OF THE THINGS SAID IN THE BIBLE, AND IT'S NOT JUST THE BOOK OF GENESIS, THE FIRST COUPLE OF CHAPTERS, BUT I MEAN ALL THROUGH THE BIBLE, IT TALKS Absolutely. ABOUT HOW GOD CREATED, HOW HE MADE THIS, AND yes. THE HEAVENS DECLARE HIS GLORY. AND IF YOU GIVE UP ON THAT POINT, THEN BASICALLY PEOPLE ARE GOING TO SIT THERE AND SAY, WELL, THE BIBLE'S NOT ACCURATE. YOU CAN'T TRUST IT. AND YET THAT IS ABSOLUTELY UNTRUE. ABSOLUTELY. REVELATION 4.11, THOU ART WORTHY, O LORD, TO Amen. RECEIVE GLORY AND HONOR AND POWER. Amen. FOR THOU HAST CREATED ALL THINGS, AND FOR THY PLEASURE THEY ARE AND WERE CREATED. AND SO THIS IS ESSENTIAL TO ME IN MY FAITH, AND I BELIEVE IT'S THE SAME FOR OTHER PEOPLE. SO yes. RATHER THAN ME JUST SAY THESE THINGS ABOUT PHYSICAL ISSUES, AND I KNOW I WOULD SAY SOMETHING WRONG, I WANTED TO BRING YOU ON AS AN EXPERT AND HAVE YOU SHARE WITH OUR AUDIENCE. SO uh, FOR JUST A MOMENT HERE, WOULD YOU TELL PEOPLE WHY YOU ARE QUALIFIED TO TALK ABOUT THIS? WELL, FIRST OF ALL, EVERY HUMAN BEING IS PREOCCUPIED WITH FOUR ESSENTIAL THOUGHTS. WHO AM I? WHERE DID I COME FROM? THAT'S LIFE ORIGINS. THAT'S mm -hmm. WHAT WE'RE TALKING ABOUT, CREATION OR EVOLUTION. WHAT'S MY PURPOSE HERE AND WHERE AM I GOING? EVERY ONE OF US IS PREOCCUPIED WITH THOSE THOUGHTS WITH EVERY EXPERIENCE WE HAVE. SO IT'S THE SECOND ONE THAT GETS PEOPLE OFF TRACK. AND IF WE ARE TAUGHT 
And if we drink the Kool-Aid, as you said, if we buy the lie, and I did for long periods of time. So at one time you actually bought into evolution. Oh, I bought into it, I taught it. There was oh, a really? time when I thought not only evolutionary thoughts, but atheistic thoughts. And, uh, yeah, and I bought the lie of evolution. If evolution is true, this is it. But some people say, well, maybe God used evolution as the process to get us here. Well, if he did, he lied to us. Yeah, to me, this really comes down to the bottom line, that if the, the word is inaccurate about in the beginning God created everything. If then it's we can't trust any well, of it. Well, then how can you trust your salvation? It undermines the entire word of God. Absolutely. And I think that that's why Satan pushes evolution so hard is because it really does breed a distrust in the accuracy of the word. For instance, at least 95% of students who go into the college and university classroom and graduate, by the time they get to the second year, have lost their trust in the Word yeah. of God. And by the time they graduate, they have a commitment against the Word of God as being accurate. So credentials, number one, I'm a human being who found the answer to those questions. I like you putting that ahead of your education. That's oh, oh, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, education is only incidental. Some of the smartest people I know are not college or university graduates. And those who are university graduates are smart enough not to major on that. It's just a means to get to the truth. Amen. I have had a few decades of academic work. I hold a PhD in education, and I hold a, a doctorate in theology. I hold a doctorate in biblical archaeology, and uh, I work in paleontology, even though I have no credentials there. Uh, and I've had the privilege of discovering and directing the excavation of 16 different dinosaurs. Now, now when where, I where were those? Uh, one, the first was here a large Acrocanthosaurus along the banks of the Paluxy. Acrocanthosaurus means high-spined lizard. And uh, the one that I discovered is as large as any ever discovered. And the others have been in northwestern Colorado, assisted by a very fine group of individuals and a master excavator, Joe Taylor. So... Uh, I've been to that dinosaur thing up in northwest Colorado. That's quite a deal. Well, our site is on private property, uh, some 20 or so miles away. They have away. a national park up there, though, don't they? They, they have. Mm -hmm. But our site has, uh, Joe Taylor told me, the density of our bones is as great as that, as the national park. Then, uh, in, in addition to those credentials, I have the privilege of having excavated and directed excavations in Israel extensively. But I've had the privilege along the banks of the river, the Paluxy River, to see my entire paradigm completely shattered. Andrew, when I first got into this work, I was completing my master's in archeology. span And my mentor, Dr. Clifford Wilson said, if you're going to refer to the Paluxy evidence, you're going to need to go to the river and carry on one original excavation. Well, I intended to be here for one excavation, but the course of my life was changed. When I directed that first excavation along the banks of the Biloxi River, I was an old age creationist. Now the audience needs to know that the Kool-Aid comes in various flavors. So explain the old age creation. All what right. does that mean? 
There's first outright atheistic evolution. Then there is theistic evolution. Mm -hmm. I'm aware of those two. Then there is the day-age theory. There's the gap theory. Yeah. And then there's the concept that many Christians hold to, that God created, but He used long periods of time to do it. A day is as a thousand years, mm -hmm. a thousand years as a day. Little knowing that when Peter referred to that, he was not talking about creation. That's true. He was talking about judgment. Mm -hmm. So that's what Peter was talking about, not creation. But I held to old age creation. At that point, I believed that the geologic column, the record in the rocks, showed life forms that were basic, life forms that were more sophisticated, more complicated, and then ultimately life forms that were incredibly complicated. Little did I know that the basic life forms are more complicated than evolution can ever hope to address. But evolution is built upon this thing that it starts out very simple and comes to the complex. Yes. And simple. yet everything in nature is opposite this. Everything goes from complex to simple. It goes from order to disorder. But literally, when we, uh, evolution has been redefined in order to slip it in under the rug. It's been redefined as change over time. Well, I buy that. I change about 10 pounds a month, mm. you know? Mm, yeah, and okay. and I, I see change in my face and, and uh, everything in life. Uh, change over time, however, what they don't say is that that change has boundaries. So they slip in the concept that, well, a tadpole can ultimately become a monkey that can ultimately become a PhD. Change over time. But that change has limitations. And you are right. The change does not lead. It never leads with billions of years spent in the laboratory with experimentation. Right. That change never leads to a higher order. It never increases the complexity. It might isolate the gene pool to get a superior product temporarily. Change over time is limited. And in the final product, it is always downhill. Yep. Never increasing in complexity. And evolution is dependent upon that very thing, that yes. the species evolved into different species. There is change within a species, but never from one species to the next. And you it, are right. It's dependent upon that evolution. It is always a lateral change. Mm -hmm. It is never a vertical increase of complexity. In fact, since you mentioned that, this might be a good time to mention a concept. I got a call from a reporter recently. That reporter said, sir, I've been watching you for years. And I've been watching you build the museum and assimilate the evidence for creation. And I want to come interview you. And I said, welcome. I've had over 2,000 interviews on, on this evidence and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and creation uh, versus evolution. Uh, most of them are surprised that I was an evolutionist in the past. Yeah, I didn't know that. That kind of strengthens your position because you've been oh, on yes. both sides of I, this I've been issue. on both sides. In fact, I think we should know more about evolution than the evolutionist himself does. And a committed creation scholar does know more about evolution. The more you know about evolution, 
You know, it is completely scientifically untenable. This, now, uh, let me just stop you a second and say that many of the people watching this program are going to sit there and say that is wrong. Evolution is proven fact. It is stated that way so often. And many of the people watching this program were brought up in an educational system sure. that presents it as fact. You are saying that it is not fact. It is not fact. It is assumed to be true. There are seven assumptions that begin with a universe creating itself out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And it goes from there to inorganic material somehow creating organic material. An absolute assumption. Billions of dollars have been spent in the laboratory to try to, to show how that could happen. In fact, uh, I wrote a book, Why Do Men Believe Evolution Against All Odds? And I quote a leading evolutionary scholar who admitted not only do we not know how inorganic natural chemistry evolved to become organic living chemistry, not mm -hmm. only do we not know how it happened, we can imagine how it could have happened. Yep. And he admitted that. That's not a creationist making that statement. Yep. So many in the audience are, are thinking, well, evolution has been proved. Let me just give one statistic. You have in your body over a hundred trillion cells. I have a few more because I'm a little more obese. Well, I, don't think so. <laughs> I have a little more mileage on me. Uh, we have on average 100 trillion cells. In every one of those cells, in every one, there are 60,000 proteins in 100 different specific configurations. Now, Andrew, those proteins have to be in a specific configuration or that cell won't function. There are 60,000 proteins in 100 different specific configurations. You mix those configurations up and that cell begins to die. It won't function. What are the scientific odds? And this is from the technical literature. What are the scientific odds that those 60,000 proteins, let's just, just give them somehow the ability to assemble themselves. Now that's a miracle, an absolute miracle. But let's assume that those 60,000 proteins somehow just sprang up. Well, that's a major concession right there. Oh, that's a major that this concession. Stuff is just all available in the first place. How oh, did yeah. you get there? That's a major concession. Yeah. But putting them in that 100 different specific configurations, what are the odds that they could self-assemble? In the technical literature, it is one chance, one chance in 10 to the 4,478,296 power. Now let wow. me repeat that. One chance, one chance in 10 to the 4,478,296 power. Now you multiply that exponentially one, uh, 100 trillion times. Andrew, we're a miracle. Evolution is absolutely yeah. bankrupt. And you know, I was a math major and one of the things that I studied was the law of probability. Yes. And anything to the, what, the 50th power? Well, one chance in 10 to the 50th has is, zero. It is absolutely impossible. It cannot happen. And you're talking about something that is infinitely bigger than that. Infinitely bigger and the chance infinitely smaller, which really means it can happen. That the probability, putting it, the shoe on the other side, the probability that every cell in your body was designed 
by a designer, that every cell was designed by a designer, is 10 to the 4,478,296 power to one. I'll tell you what, if I had those odds, I'd buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, people that aren't familiar with math, that is not just four million times. No. Because each time you go up, it's 10 times. It's 10 times. You, each number up is multiplied by 10. It's just, it's astronomical. You know, here's another little layman's definition. And again, I'm going to keep drawing these things back in for Good. those who aren't technically inclined. Good. But if you were to take the entire combined resources of, of people on this earth, billions of people, all of our geniuses, all of our money, combine every laboratory, and then you take all of these proteins that you're talking about in rare form, all of the intellect and collective ability of man couldn't produce a one-celled thing that no. would work. And if it couldn't be done on purpose by people of intelligence, it is absolutely absurd to think that this just randomly happened. Well, let's follow that thought. You're a good thinker. Evolutionists say, okay, well, it, it wouldn't happen quickly, but give it enough time. Yeah. Well, time is not on the side of the evolutionist. That's right. You see, every living cell must have a support mechanism and without that support mechanism, in a matter of minutes, it begins to deteriorate. And in a matter of hours, it's dead. Mm -hmm. So time is not on the side of the evolutionist. Back to that reporter who called me. He said, I've been watching your work for a number of years. And he said, I've been watching the fact that you're highly criticized. Well, anytime you stand up, you get shot at sure. in a battle, sure. you know, and this is battleground. It's not only a battle for the minds of men, it's the battle for the souls right. and the eternities of our children and the human population. So this reporter said, what I really want to interview you about is the fact that in spite of the criticism, you have kept going to build the museum, you've kept appearing on radio, television, print, and your own programs, and guest on other programs. He said, I want to know what keeps you going? He said, now this was a secular mainline reporter. He said, I want to know what keeps you going. It must be your faith. And I said, sir, it's not my faith. I said, in this issue of life origins and evolution versus creation or creation versus evolution, the evolutionist has a lot more faith than I have. Mm -hmm. That's true. I have facts to base my conclusions on creation. The evolution and the atheist position requires much more faith. Mm -hmm. They have more faith than I have. I agree. What keeps me going? Truth keeps me going. I said, I have found the truth that there is evidence for creation and we have evidence supporting creation. And uh, evolution begins with seven assumptions. Creation begins with one. The one assumption for creation is this. We find such complexity mm -hmm. in the heavens, in the earth, in living systems, especially in the human body and mind. We find such complexity. It demands a creator. There is no right. way naturalism can produce it. On today's program, Andrew interviewed Dr. Carl Baugh, 
For more information about Dr. Baugh and the Creation Evidence Museum, go to creationevidence.org. Throughout this series, Andrew mentions many statistics and scriptures with regard to creation versus evolution. These references, as well as others pertaining to abortion and homosexuality, have been compiled in the Observing All Things booklet, which is Andrew's free gift to you today when you write or call. I'd like to encourage you to get this material. You know, this is different than what I typically teach. I normally just teach straight from Scripture, but we've incorporated into this interviews with doctors who have all of these credentials that can speak to the subject of creationism in a way that I can't. We also have this little booklet that comes with it that has charts and graphs along with scriptures on social issues such as abortion, homosexuality, creationism. This is just, it's a different type of teaching than what I typically do, but it is very powerful. I really felt impressed that I needed to share this with people. These are hot issues that affect us today. So listen to our announcer as he gives you information and please get these products today. Andrew's complete teaching titled Observing All Things is available in either a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. Jamie and I are here just to thank you so much for being partners with us. I tell you, we are reaching around the world. I remember when Jamie and I were it. I would run the sound while she was doing the praise and worship, and then she'd come back and run the sound while I was preaching. We did it all ourselves. Now we have so many people helping us, and it couldn't happen without you. It's very true. We're very thankful for our partners and what they're doing, and you're going around the world too, and everything that this Amen. ministry does. Amen. So we just wanted to say a special thank you, and uh, we love you. And every good thing that is happening through this ministry, you're going to share in every one of those rewards. So God bless you. Thank you for being a partner with us. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of April, Andrew will be in Woodland Park to host the Don't Limit God Conference with guest speaker Jesse Duplantis. In May, Andrew will be hosting our annual Grace and Faith Conference in Telford, England, as well as two additional Grace and Faith Conferences in Wuj, Poland, in Frankfurt, Germany. And in June, come to Woodland Park for the Truth and Liberty Coalition Conference. Joining Andrew at this event will be speakers James Robison, Mark Gonzalez, Bishop E.W. Jackson, and Pastor Mark Cowart. Then from June 29th to July 3rd, 
Andrew will be in Woodland Park hosting the annual Summer Family Bible Conference. This event is loaded with activities for the whole family. Guest speakers will include Carrie Pickett, Bill Federer, Greg Moore, Billy Epperhart, Barry Bennett, Stephen Bransford, Paul Milligan, and pastors Lawson Perdue and Mark Coward. And on the 4th of July, don't miss our special patriotic musical production titled, In God We Trust. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net.